Welcome to The Intuitive Customer, where we discuss how you can improve your customer experience and your bottom line. And now, here are your hosts, award-winning influencer and pioneering author of seven books, Colin Shaw and Professor Ryan Hamilton from Emory University. What would be the market share when it comes to VR and AR by use case? For now, of course, video games do lead the show, having around one third, but then you have engineering, then you have healthcare, then you have real estate, and then, of course, last but not least, live events. Things are changing whether we want it or not. It's not that the technology is the driving force behind it. It's the situation that we live in currently, you know, with the pandemic and everything. Ryan, you make total sense. I'll try to bring some examples. Hold on, hold on, hold on. No guest no, no, has ever been it, on the it's show. It's been recorded, Colin. <laughs> There's no going down. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, Ryan, you know that I'm interested in science fiction. Yes. I read this really good book, uh, which was actually turned into a film, but as usual with life, the book is a lot better than the, the, the film. And it was called Ready Player One. Have you ever heard of it? I read the book and saw the movie, and you're right. The book is a lot better. Yeah, absolutely. Good. It really talked there about the metaverse, mm-hmm. and there's been a lot of stuff around the metaverse with Facebook and all those things. And I know you love technology, not I I love technology. There have been technological improvements to chainsaws, for example, that we could talk about at length. And there's a thing called a car. Did you have yeah. you ever heard of yeah. a car? Yeah. Sure. I mean, I've read the theory. <laughs> I was at a CX event live, and I heard the Brian Dobrev speak, and he's a UX designer with ten years of experience, uh, currently working for Coca Cola. So it is also interesting that that Coke were doing some stuff around immersive technologies, virtual reality, augmented reality. I invited him on the show, Ryan. So welcome, uh, De Brian. Hope you're well. Thank you so much for having me. And great to be here. Great to be with you guys. De Brian, I'm, I'm a little insulted that Colin assumed I wouldn't be able to talk about this topic at length, even <laughs> though I know literally nothing about it beyond what I've read in science fiction. <laughs> but I'll get over that, and I'm glad you're here. Yeah, I think most technologies kind of start their journey via science fiction, you know, via... That's a good well, point. Yeah, from the heads of some writer, some author, and then it kind of propagates and it kind of reaches our day-to-day life. You're totally right, mate. One of the reasons I like science fiction, I was talking to my son about this the other day, is because it sort of stretches your mind to go, I've never really thought about it that way before. And you're right. I mean, I, I'm a, a great Star Trek fan. And if you looked at those early early things, carrying around some device where you could talk to people and it could translate things for you, and and now we're all carrying phones around and you know so on and so forth, it's quite amazing. But um, I don't want to talk about science fiction all day. We didn't get you on the show to talk about science fiction. What I wanted to talk to De Brian about was the fact that he's been heavily involved in virtual reality, augmented reality, and mixing those realities together. Okay, in the physical world and the offline world. And this is a little difficult because we're obviously doing a podcast. So we're going to put some links in the show notes. 
you may want to click on those links as you're listening to this because that will give you a visual representation of what we're talking about. But the other really interesting thing, which I thought was was good, was that this is Coca-Cola, basically. So this is not just talking about science fiction. This is talking about what one of the major global brands have done in this space, and therefore a mixture between that theory and the practice. So welcome onto the show, DeBrian. By the way, I hope your your wife it doesn't give birth during the show. I know she's due any <laughs> any moment now. Yeah, yeah. And we'll know where your priorities lay if you decide to suddenly put the phone down and go and see her, which I yeah, hope it's you nothing don't. personal yet. <laughs> but no, no, no. Always good. Well, we are expecting our baby on the fifth of December, so I suppose he definitely will wait for us together uh, to get together. If he does come during the recording, we will give him an official T-shirt from the podcast. Yeah. That's, that's a standard deal we have with yeah. all of our guests. And we do expect him to be called the intuitive customer. <laughs> <laughs> and I've said him. I don't know if it's a him or a her. Yeah, actually. yeah. It, it's a boy. Oh, there you go. Could we maybe just put off with some definitions? So we've had... Virtual reality, we've had augmented reality, um, we've had metaverse. DeBrain, would you care to kind of walk us through kind of what the differences are and, and, and where you came in on this? Yeah, well, I'll try my best. Those would be my terms. But in any case, it's a set of technologies mm-hmm. that augments or fully immerses you into a virtual environment. So if we have a spectrum and on the very left, you have the physical world. And then on the very right, you have an absolute virtual world. And we have to place those technologies within the spectrum. We'll first place augmented reality. And it basically means you are augmenting your physical world, your reality, with a digital layer. Would Pokemon Go be an example of that? Or, or is that something? That's a great example. Ryan, you make total sense. I'll try to bring some examples. Hold on, hold on, hold on. No guest no, no, has ever been it, on it, the it's show. It's been recorded, Colin. There's <laughs> no going down. Uh, yeah. Can, can we edit that bit out, please? Because I, I don't want that to start to spread. This is going straight to the Library of Congress. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead, Brian. Please. Uh, no superlatives for you then, Ryan. <laughs> but it, when it comes to virtual reality, augmented reality, mixed reality, we kind of dub them within the umbrella term called immersive technology. Mm-hmm. So something, a technology that immerses you into a virtual environment or it augments, enhances your current reality and physical world. So augmented reality stands for basically a digital layer, which is projected onto your physical world, onto your reality. And a great example of that would be Pokemon Go. You would be catching those Pokemons in your real environment. Whereas virtual reality immerses you totally into a virtual environment, into a digital environment where everything is a virtual object and entity. And the metaverse is really Ready Player One. So Ready Player One, for those people that haven't read the book, basically talks about it's a bit like what zuckerberg's talking about with the with meta in his new company which is saying that we are going to live in a or not we, he's not saying we're going to live in a in a metaverse but there is the establishment let me say it that way 
uh, of a metaverse, in other words, a whole universe of worlds. And Ryan, you'll know from the book, you know, that people used to spend the whole of their lives, their physical lives, actually in the metaverse, yeah? So I like De Brian's scale from, you know, left physical to the metaverse, which is right at the top where you can imagine waking up and the only thing you ever do is put on a headset and you live your life actually in this virtual world. You don't live your life in the physical world. And let's not get into all of that stuff. But the important thing for me is he's not stupid, Zuckerberg. I mean, the, yeah. you know, the, <laughs> the way that this is going, and these are the first sort of augmented reality, virtual reality are the baby steps into this new world, basically. And that's, what, that's why I thought, blimey, this, this sounds interesting. Indeed. I would also add, I think the announcement that Mark Zuckerberg had was perceived in a, well, not in a skeptic way, but in, well, let, let's say people were somewhat afraid of what they heard. I think they're afraid of what they heard because of who's saying it, in my view. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a, yeah you, you have a point. But in any case, it's not about dehumanizing interactions and totally replacing your digital world, your day-to-day life with a virtual entity of it. It's more about dematerialization. So the aspects of different products, objects, interactions that you tend to be doing in the physical world, you kind of replace that interactions and you augment it and they become virtual. Yeah. So we can we can talk a lot about dematerialization. You know, it's it's an ongoing well, it's an ongoing, I would not even say trend. It's an ongoing revolution or marriage between technology and humans. Let's go back 30 years. Back then we had our calendars, our phones, our to-do notes in our physical space. Then they entered our personal computer. Then they entered our mobile device. I think the next step towards dematerialization would be implementing technologies such as augmented virtual and mixed reality. And the really important word that I think is important is immersion or immersive. So if I look at Joe Pine's original, Joe Pine and Gilmore's original book, The Experience Economy, Mm -hmm. the, the area of experience that is growing is this whole immersive experience. If you look at somewhere like, I don't know, Disneyland or whatever else, that's an immersive experience. I went to, in London, a War of the Worlds virtual reality thing, which you could literally walk through the War of the Worlds scenes and be a part of it. So the important word for me from from a human perspective is, how do I immerse myself into it? So I, I feel I am there. I feel that I'm part of this. It's, and my whole of my brain is set up. It's not partly immersive. It's entirely immersive. And I think that that's a, that's a key word going forward. Brian, what did you actually do? Let's tell the listeners what you did with augmented and virtual reality. What did you do? In a nutshell, I tried to immerse our end users. In the Coke world, we call them consumers, which was a word that it took some time for me to, let's say, use it and acknowledge it. But in any case, our end users would be the consumers, the people that would be 
buying and consuming our products. We decided, yeah, let's take an extra step and try to immerse our users, our end users, our consumers into a certain narrative. So they're not like just watching it from the side. They are immersed into it. When it comes to use cases so far, we've been, we've been tackling the entertainment use case uh, most strongly, you know, because we are such a company, we sell you soft drinks, but in any case, we want to have a strong connection with our consumers, with our customers, and that can be achieved via an interaction with the product that they bought. But of course, we try to augment the experience that they have, or even fully immerse them into something totally virtual. Uh, I can give you a few examples. Yeah, it would be good to um, give us the examples of the augmented and the virtual. So apart from, let's say, apart from those normal use cases, entertainment use cases, we will be doing a virtual reality experience for Fanta for Halloween, where you're basically immersed in a elevator and it's like a horror theme thingy. But I might actually stress on a few other examples that we did with Coke, which let's say do not necessarily fit the entertainment gaming use case. One thing we did uh, during a hackathon, a two-day hackathon, was we were given a certain theme, which was beyond hydration. So we decided to create an experience that raises your hydration awareness, but also incentivizes you to drink, let's say, two liters, eight ounces of water. How did we do that? We introduced a small application that integrates with your wearables like Fitbit. And then, of course, we kind of tackled within these integrations and we could know when a person needed to hydrate. And we would say, oh, you need to hydrate. You've been cycling for half an hour. Would you want us to show you the nearest smart cooler, which is basically an IoT vending machine of Coke. And if a person happens to do so, buys a drink, he can scan it, he or she can scan it. And then we take the information from the product that was consumed and we turn it into water consumption, but we also, let's say, gather the sugar intake that you had and whatnot. But upon reaching your goal, let's say eight ounces of water per day, we say, those eight ounces of water that you just drank will be giving to a society or to a place which does not have access to uh, clean drinking water. Right. And how augmented reality and virtual reality actually came to play was within this overall journey, the first step was augmented reality and image recognition as technology you would be basically using the camera on your mobile device and with the help of augmented reality and image recognition, we can turn whatever you drank into actual data. And then we also introduced a small virtual reality gimmick, which was upon, uh, upon clearing your goal, let's say eight ounces of water per day, you could actually see the small village that you actually helped uh, by bringing right. wow. ounces of water. And you basically immerse yourself there. So that, that was the incentivization part. Right. But in any case, yeah, that's, that's, how, that's a good example on how you can leverage this technology and let's say more or less steer away from the common use case, which is gaming, entertainment, you name it.
let me lay those things out to make sure I've un- I've understood them uh, and to help the listener think it through. So I'm sitting here. I've got my Fitbit on. You're then getting some type of feed from your the Fitbit to turn around and say that I've been cycling for half an hour, and therefore I'm likely to be dehydrated, and therefore you're suggesting. Were you suggesting somewhere th- for that to go? So yep, you through indeed. The, so through geolocation, you know exactly where I am. You suggest that I go to this Coke vending machine. I drink that because I'm using the QR code or whatever. It's picking up the fact that I've actually bought that and that's all tying it all together and you're linking it through then to donations of things. So I think that's great. I mean, I, I, I think that's um, that's really good. Are there any other examples, De Brian, that you've got that um, that you can share with us? Yep, I think it again goes to play uh, within the context of going beyond digital or introducing a certain marriage between digital and physical and humans and technology. A couple of years ago, what we decided to do as a company was how about we turn our packaging into a VR headset? So, you know, it has it taps into reusing materials sustainability, but also the sheer fact that in order for you to immerse into a virtual reality world, you need a headset. Yeah. And of course, if you are a Coke customer, you can go ahead and just buy a bottle of Coke and then turn your packaging into a wearable VR headset. That kind of achieved great success. I'm not sure like if it spanned globally, but in the US it was quite quite a success. How does that work? I've seen I've seen the ones where you can fold like a cardboard box into something that holds your phone. Basically like that. I'll definitely follow up with a link so our our listeners can actually tap into it and see it. Perfect. And we'll put those in the uh, in the show notes by the way everyone. But yeah, those are two projects, proof of concepts that we run within the spectrum of using augmented and virtual reality. And as you heard, we even went beyond uh, beyond tapping into the technology itself, but also kind of switching our packaging into a VR headset. With the augmented reality, you also did a Pokemon Go example as well. So that happened. I think that's more or less the most recent project or proof of concept that we run, uh, which again goes beyond entertainment and gaming and the major campaign was called open like never before so basically coke wanted to help small local businesses reinvigorate or just pick up the pace after the first major lockdown that was that happened globally and what we decided to kind of introduce as a small addition was again using augmented reality so you could actually find a digital Coke in your neighborhood and then redeem it for an actual Coke in your local cafe or local shop. All right. So that was a, yeah, that was a very cool thing, actually. It was super easy to tackle from like feasibility wise. And also kind of, again, I don't have the specific data, but it was a success across different regions. We all know that voice of the customer is vital. However, not all voice of the customer programs are created equal. 
You need to be able to truly leverage the value of the voice of the customer insights to transform your business. I'm speaking at the next CX Network's Voice of the Customer event on February the 15th to the 17th, 2022. Please join me and other great speakers to learn some great insights on what you need to do. All you need to do is to go to the bit.ly link in the show notes. And that bit.ly link is bit.ly backslash cxnvoc. That's bit.ly backslash cxnvoc. I look forward to seeing you there. And where do you see this stuff going then, De Brian? I mean, clearly you've been doing this stuff, which is which is really good, because I'm not aware of of many organisations sort of picking this up and running with it yet. Where do you see it going? I mean, if you were to cast your mind forward five years, ten years, what would you see happening? In a nutshell, I would say, I would say this technology would primarily be used towards closing the gap between customers and products and services. What I mean by that? By, again, digitizing or immersing, actually, not digitizing the interactions, but more immersing our customers without having them to be in a physical place together. Right. So they can play with a product or, the, or they can try a service. I think that might be the way to go across all kinds of companies, no matter whether you're a software company or you are a shoe retailer or you're Coca-Cola. Apart from that, I do have a small chart. I think that's the only piece of data I have, which kind of states what would be the market share when it comes to VR and AR by use case. For now, of course, video games do lead the show, having around one third. But then you have engineering, then you have healthcare, then you have real estate. And then, of course, last but not least, live events. You know how I suppose that could be a good segue, but things are changing whether we want it or not. It's not that the technology is the driving force behind it. It's the situation that we live in currently, you know, with the pandemic and everything. And it's accelerated everything, which is obviously the the massive issue. All really good stuff. For the listener listening to this and going, okay, what are the practical steps that I would need to take? What what would you say? So first of all, I suppose we need to kind of tweak our mindset. All of us are practitioners in the field of customer experience. And more or less, we all have developed some models of working, some processes that we follow, which do work. However, we I think we need to contextualize them so we can embrace this technology and thus provide optimal experiences for our customers and users. First of all, I would say, yeah, it's more of an abstract thing, but we have to change our mindset. And then I suppose we need to adapt as practitioners by just thinking spatially. Because, for example, let me give you a small example. In our current digital world, We as users, we as customers do not necessarily have patience. We have a goal-oriented mindset. So let's turn it in from, let's speak about the customer's perspective. A customer entering your website or your mobile app, 
he or she basically has a certain goal that needs to be achieved. Hence, they would not necessarily have the patience to go through a suboptimal experience. However, when it comes to augmented and virtual reality, then the immersion part comes to play. So basically, if I'm immersed into a story, into a totally new world, or I just augment my current reality with a digital layer, then I kind of switch from this goal-oriented mindset to exploratory-oriented mindset. For whoever plays games, that kind of might resonate with him or her. Because, you know, games, there you, you have the patience to just explore the environment, the world. Sure. But still, we need to, uh, we need to design optimal user experience, optimal customer experience. We should never deviate from that. Sure. Good. Uh, any thoughts from you, Ryan, on any of the sort of the practical things or anything? I agree that this is the way the world is going. Like the technology just keeps improving. You know, I liked uh, DeBrand's list of, of kind of all of the different areas. You know, w- once he was saying that, like, oh, medical technology. Well, yeah, obviously I can see where it would work. Oh, real estate. Yeah, obviously I can see where it would work. I, I just think that these uh, opportunities are going to continue to expand. I think that there's an advantage for getting in early on this stuff, as Coke has done, because right now there is also that huge novelty boost. Um, I, I don't know that 20 years from now, 10 years from now, a brand coming out and saying, hey, we've got a new virtual space you can explore. Sure. It's going to be as compelling because everyone will. Sure. But if a company like Coke can come out and say, hey, we've got these augmented or virtual reality spaces in addition to whatever benefits it has for product engagement, it's just so new and cool <laughs> that you're going to get a larger share of attention. So that that would be my advice for firms that are on the fence about this. You're probably going to end up here anyway. And if you can develop those skills early, that's great. And then also you probably are going to get some benefit from customers who are just excited about the newness of the technology and the, the ability to explore in new ways. Yeah. And, and finally, for me, I think the important thing to do is just start playing with it, to be honest with you, because you're going to learn and you're going to learn what works, what doesn't work and everything else, because this is big picture wise. This is the way that things are going. I agree, Colin. Yeah. That whole area of immersion, I think, is is going to be really important and will be a real differentiator. And if you just wait until everybody's doing it, then you've missed out. So really interesting stuff, De Brian. If people wanted to get hold of you, then then how do they do that? First of all, they need to find how to more or less spell a Bulgarian name, Dobrian Dobrev. But <laughs> well, again, we we will put links into the show notes um, for uh, anybody that wants to do this. But uh, should they reach out to you on LinkedIn or what should they? Yeah, do? yeah. I would say whoever is interested in kicking off a conversation with me. Within the domain of augmented and virtual reality, they can find me on LinkedIn, on Facebook, on medium.com. I occasionally drop an article there on the topic of augmented and virtual reality, and I'll be glad to to keep on this conversation. Great. All right. So just just look for the links in the show notes, uh, and then you'll be able to see what uh, Brian's doing. And it's been really good, Brian. Thank you very much for um, for coming on the show. I think it's... Um, again, stretch our minds as to what can actually be done. And it's great to see that uh, places like Coke are actually 
doing stuff. So really good. Thanks very much. Thank you so much, guys, for having me. It was an honor and pleasure to be with you. And we'll uh, talk to everybody next week. Thanks very much. This has been The Intuitive Customer with Colin Shaw and Professor Ryan Hamilton. But it doesn't end here. Just go to beyondphilosophy.com slash podcast to find all of our shows, access free tools and resources, and subscribe, won't you? That way you'll never miss a show. That's beyondphilosophy.com slash podcasts. We look forward to talking with you next time on The Intuitive Customer. Intuitive Customer.